Well, welcome to the Frank Sontag Show. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and I'm filling in today. I like to start every hour with the Word of God, and so today we're going to look at Acts 20.24. What does it say? It says, But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Wow, consider the privilege that you and me have as Christians with all the chaos that is surrounding us, with all the difficult circumstances, with all the hardships that we are having to endure in this global pandemic as it continues to move. Yet in the midst of all of that, we have all been called to be lights, to shine in our own dark world. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us not forget that we have a higher calling than what is shared in our top stories of the day. Yes, we have all been called to rise up, to be a voice of reason in our world that seems to have lost, well, all reason. Which brings me to our guest for this hour. I used to be a youth pastor many years ago at Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside. Well, one night, one of my students invited his friend to come to our midweek high school study. Well, that night, this young man gave his life to Jesus Christ. I started talking to him and building a friendship. I started taking him on what we called SWAT trips. SWAT was an acronym for students with a testimony. They were evangelistic outreaches all around the world. I eventually hired this young man to be my intern. Later, he became a pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship. He has become like a spiritual son to me. I would like to introduce my guest, Pastor Jason Powell, who left Harvest to start a brand new church called Jesus City Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Well, Pastor Jacob, (laughs) Jacob, (laughs) how about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? No, how about Pastor Jason? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me all the way from Montgomery, Alabama. Thank you for having me on the show today. So, uh, listen, I have to ask you, why in the world did you and your family move from California to Alabama? Well, I just have to say, first of all, I think anytime somebody listens to God, you often do things that are out of the ordinary, things that don't often make sense. So being born and raised in Southern California, raised at an amazing church, give my life to Christ at 19 years old under a guy that, well, you, you were preaching. I gave my life to Christ. And well, as I uh, started to hear from God, you know, just about a year and a half ago, I felt like God was moving my heart to take the biggest step of faith I'd ever taken to move to Montgomery, Alabama, a place I'd never been to, no friends, no family, no open doors, no relationship like, hey, come take over this church. It was nothing. I just felt like God was calling me to walk by faith, Pastor Steve, and and do a work for him in Montgomery, Alabama. And so, honestly, I don't know why he picked Montgomery, Alabama, but I'm here, and we walk by faith. <laughs> well, you know, for a lot of people, and, and even myself, you know, the South is called the Bible Belt for a reason. I mean, like, do they really need another church in Montgomery, Alabama? I mean, don't they have a church on, like, every corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
when I drove out here, you know, I, I started to see all of these buildings on almost every single corner. And I started to see like, man, look at all these churches. And, and as I'm driving further and further south, I'm realizing this is what looks a lot different than Southern California, you know, where I've been born and raised. And as I've been here, it's kind of funny you just said that, Pastor Steve, was because, you know, probably one of the best, most often questions I get from people is like, do we really need another church here in Alabama or let alone in the south? And this is the way I think about it, Pastor Steve. All of these churches out here, there are many of them, but let me tell you, many of them are broken down and they're empty. It's sad to see that at one time, I bet you these things were bustling, these things were full, that God was moving in such a way. But here's what, this is the way I think about it with uh, adding another church to the South. I don't know if you've ever gone fishing, but, uh, you know. No, never. I don't know what that's like. No, just kidding. Go ahead. Well, when you ever, when you go to like the Long Beach Pier or you go to like to the Huntington Pier, you know, out there uh, in California, when you go to the pier any time of day, there's a ton of fishermen that are lining the pier. You know, you'll see like 20 different, 30 different fishermen with all of their fishing line in the water. And the question is, why do they have their fishing poles in the water? It's because there's a lot of fish. Okay, that's why they're there. I look at the, the south and I see all of these churches and I think, even though they're empty, I think there was a day and age in which God was moving in such a powerful way that people were getting saved, that the fish were biting in such a, an amazing way that the best thing they need, knew what to do was to build churches on every corner to hold them. But sadly, I think the South, you know, the Bible Belt, I think a lot of people got beat with that belt, all right? A lot of people have left the church. A lot of people are done with it. But my prayer is this, Pastor Steve, that we would see God do uh, an amazing move, that God's Spirit would fall upon the South again, and we would see God revive the South where we would see these churches come back to life again, where, where God would move in such a way that people are getting saved and the gospel's going out, and we start opening these churches back up, like, hey, we can open up that one on that corner and this one on that corner. So I okay, all right, so, like, all right, you convinced you convince me. You're like the, you know, the, the Tupperware salesman or something, okay? I'm, I'm convinced <laughs> that we need a good Bible-teaching church in the South in the Bible Belt. But why in the world Montgomery, Alabama? I mean, did you just, like, roll out a map? Did you blindfold yourself and go eeny, meeny, miny, moe? I mean, like, how in the world? I'm envisioning you putting a map on the wall and throwing a dart. Where's it going to land? I mean, how in the world did you come down with Montgomery, Alabama, of all places? Well, we uh, were going to do an event out here uh, in Alabama with a ministry named uh, Harvest with a Pastor Greg Laurie. Pastor Greg was going to do a large-scale evangelistic event in Birmingham, Alabama, just a number of years ago. And uh, one of my jobs on staff was to come out and do some preliminary church mobilization for these events. And so God started to move my heart toward Alabama, but this is what I didn't realize, was that God picked Montgomery, uh, even though I didn't know much about it. When I got here, I learned how strategic Montgomery really is. Did you know, Pastor Steve, that Montgomery has been called the most important short street in America by Time Magazine? Really? Montgomery, Alabama. Like what, st- what, what street in Montgomery? What street? What, do you, what street are you talking about? We're talking about Dexter. Dexter Avenue, Avenue Dexter in Montgomery, Avenue. Alabama. Okay, is that like downtown? Yep. And it's downtown Montgomery. It's the street where the Capitol building of Alabama, you know, this is the capital city. So the capital of Alabama is on Dexter Avenue. But okay. there's also a few other things on Dexter Avenue. We have got... Well, the very origin of the Civil War itself, you know, this has been called the cradle of the Confederacy, is actually Montgomery, Alabama. You know, with its, its, its horrid and sordid past, there's a lot that's happened here. The Civil War itself was started from a telegram that was sent from Dexter Avenue. Not, you fast forward a few years, 
And then we've got another big event that impacted the nation. We've got Rosa Parks, who started the bus boycott movement. Rosa Parks, you know, I'm literally sitting on Dexter Avenue right now, Pastor Steve, and I'm looking at the building that Rosa Parks worked in herself. And I'm staring at the statue, the statue that commemorated Rosa Parks when she stood up against the, you know, just the tyranny of the day and she said, no, I'm not going to get off the bus. And there's a statue that commemorates her right here. The bus boycott movement of the civil rights started right here on Dexter Avenue. And then on top of all of that, we have got Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. So the church that Martin Luther King Jr. started in is right here on Dexter Avenue. We've so you're talking war, about Martin Luther rights. King Jr. I have a dream. That message happened right on Dexter Avenue. He preached here with such fervency and, and heart. It impacted and resonated in the nation. It's interesting what has happened in this location and how it's impacted our entire nation, civil rights, civil war. Matter of fact, pretty crazy enough, it was actually in 1965 when Dr. Martin Luther King marched from Selma to Montgomery, and he marched right up Dexter Avenue, and uh, it was called the Selma to Montgomery March, you know, for civil rights. It was right during that time that actually the president of the United States started to realize, man, we need some change. And he called a famous evangelist named Billy Graham. I think you maybe have heard of him. Uh, yeah, Billy I have. Graham. <laughs> yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson called Billy Graham and said, Billy, there's a lot happening in Montgomery. I need you to go to Bill. I need you to go to Montgomery, Alabama, and I need you to do a crusade there. So in light of all of that, we've got Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., the Capitol building, and then a Billy Graham came here in 1965 and had a crusade. 100,000 people showed up. 4,000 people get saved. I'm telling you, this has been a, a birthplace for change that has come out of this city and this street specifically. So not only all those things, but hey, guess what? Jesus City Church is on Dexter Avenue. Wow, that is crazy. Well, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and my guest today is Pastor Jason Powell from Jesus City Church in Montgomery, Alabama. So you moved there, your family, you started a church from scratch. You didn't take over one of those other buildings. You went right on Dexter Avenue, a storefront. So I've heard, Pastor Jason, that it's really easy to start a church. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know who you talk to, but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> start a church. It's a man. It takes a lot of faith and a lot of grit. I would say to start a church. And if anybody, you know that. I mean, look what the Lord has done through Core Church LA. You know, you went out with nobody, and God, He came through. And it's kind of the same story here in in Alabama. Yes. You know, I think. Uh... I think that when someone comes to me since I started a church from scratch and they say to me, was it easier than you thought it was going to be? Uh, I just almost want to laugh inside because it's the most difficult thing that you could ever do. But I think when things are handed to us on a golden platter, we don't usually appreciate them much. But when things come through us through struggle and strain, and when we are able to be at the end of ourselves and not have any idea of where to go next, that's when we see God move. So you've seen God move in planting this church. I have. I like what you just said, Pastor Steve. You know, I think if we really look at the Bible, the Bible's calling us to trust God even when things don't make sense. And so when we left California, we were walking by sight. And I want to tell you, walking, walking by faith is actually safer than walking by sight. You know, I think back in California, I was walking by sight. But out here, I feel like I'm walking by faith. 
And what I've seen is that God has been true to his promises. God has come through every single time. You know, I came out here with nobody exactly what you mentioned, and God has been, I've been seeing people come to faith off the streets, in the shopping centers, my neighbors, you know, just being faithful to preach the gospel. People are coming to faith. I'm seeing God raise up a new generation. It's like this entire time, he's just been saying, do you trust me? And I take the step of faith. It's been harder than I imagined, but better than I anticipated. God has been coming through. And, uh, and man, I'm just so thankful. I'm, uh, I, I'm reminded I had talked to you on the phone a couple months ago, checking up on you. It was actually several months ago, uh, just checking up on you. And uh, here you are looking for a building to have a church in. Uh, you know, you have no budget because you don't have any finances. So basically, you move your family from Riverside, California. You move back there to Montgomery, Alabama. You have basically no money, and you're trying to start a church. And uh, I remember talking to you on the phone, and you were telling me about this Dexter Avenue. And you were telling me, hey, there's this storefront on, in this, uh, on Dexter Avenue that they're revitalizing this whole street here. And <clears throat> you walk out the front door, you see uh, the Capitol building. It's two blocks down from Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, ac- across the street from where Rosa Parks used to work. You know, all of this stuff. And, and you don't have any money. And, and so you wanted this building, but you told me this story of how uh, the building had to be rezoned in order for it to be a church. And so you went into the city and, and, and there was a $10,000 fee to rezone it and it would take several months to do that. Why don't you give me a quick uh, recap <laughs> of that story? Because it, it was quite amazing. So you walk into the city hall building, you're in the middle of COVID, uh, you're not even supposed to be in there. So pick it up from there. Yeah, so I walk into this building, and so I was told it would take three months waiting. There's a fine. There's a fee to have a zoning change. Plus, my building doesn't have a parking lot, so there's no there's no way this can be a church. But I told them, no, God wants to do a work on Dexter Avenue. I want to go big. I want to be bold for Jesus Christ. So they said, well, it's not going to happen. So I go walking into the building. As I walk into the building, there's a lady in the front, you know, and I've got my mask on. She has her mask on, and she says, sir, you cannot come in here. This is COVID. You know, I said, no, I just wanted to talk to you about this building. I need to get it rezoned. You need to step outside, sir. I'm like, no. I'm like, listen, when is the last time somebody told you there's a God in heaven who loves you? And she, <laughs> she's like, what? Well, it's been a long time. I said, listen to me. God loves you. And her name was Grace. I said, Grace, God loves you. And she started to cry. She's like, oh, my goodness, I can't. And so I started to just minister to her. And so I prayed for her husband. I prayed for her son. And then in the standing in this building, she's like, after I prayed for her, she goes, now, what did you want again? I said, that's right. I said, I want to get this building rezoned. She's like, what building is it? I told her, she's like, it can't happen. It's going to take months, and there's no parking. It's not going to happen. I said, Grace, don't get in the way of the Lord. This needs to happen. So she calls upstairs. A guy comes down the elevator. He walks across, and he says, what do you need? I said, I would like to get this building rezoned. I moved here by faith from Southern California to have a church that looks like heaven. Listen to me. Every tongue, every race, every background. Marriages will be restored. The, the lost will be found. This church needs to happen. He goes, there's no parking. It can't happen. I said, don't get in the way of the Lord, James. So he goes upstairs. He takes my plans. He comes back down 10 minutes later, and he hands me the plans, and he says, as I look it over, it says, approved. There's a red stamp. Approved. I'm like, what is this? What just happened? I thought it was going to take three months. He said, well, because of COVID, I am the board of assessment. I'm like, praise God, James. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the damage? What's it going to cost? What's the fee? And he goes, well, what fee? He waived the fee. He just just randomly, I'm going to waive the fee. How, like, and how much, was the, parking, James. how much was the fee again? $10,000. $10,000. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And uh, 
Well, hopefully it doesn't get back to Montgomery. They're like, hey, we need you to back pay. Um, <laughs> but another way, God's favor. Uh, and I'm like, well, there's no parking. He said, listen, Martin Luther King Jr.'s church is right up the street. There's no parking there. So we just thought, why don't we grandfather you in? And so I got grandfathered in because of Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. Wow. And uh, that was the start. That Martin the Luther start. King God's Jr., he's God's still giving today. He's still, the work that God was doing in the 60s with Martin Luther King Jr. is still giving today. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. And again, going back, uh, Jason, to what you were saying earlier, uh, if you wouldn't have moved to this city, if you wouldn't have by faith sold your home, uh, bought a trailer, uh, you told me that you bought a trailer and you put everything that you could fit in that trailer. And if it didn't fit in the trailer, it wasn't going to Alabama. So everything <laughs> you right. had your entire life, everything crammed into this trailer, your wife, your two children, you moved to Montgomery, Alabama with no prospect, no money, all of these things. And now here God opens up this door to do this building. And what now, this building, the buildings around you, I understand, you know, rent for several thousand dollars, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars a month. How did that work for you? Well, that was what he was asking. But I knew that God, well, I was praying that God would give me unusual favor. So in conversation with the owner of the building, I shared with him my passion, my desire to have a church that looks like heaven. You know, I want a church that when you go into it, there's people from every tongue, every race, every background. You know, we love the Word of God. We're preaching the gospel. We're seeing the lost saved. And so I shared my passion with it. He said, well, you know, I, I, you know the asking price is a dollar a square foot. It's a 14000 or 14000 square foot building. It's a dollar a square foot. I said, I can't afford that. And I, he said, well, how about 3000 I said, no, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> just by faith, I just asked him, he's like, why, why are you even looking? Okay, you don't look at a building you can't afford. I said, but God can afford it. And I'm, I'm asking that you would just, you know, work with me here. And you know what it came down to is that this gentleman is working with me, and I'm only paying $500 a month for this facility. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's God's favor. It's unusual wow. favor. That, that is incredible. Me. Um, I, I'm telling you, and this building— so I just want to make a comment. You know, your church in Core Church LA, there's a huge sign right there. You know, I believe like 90,000 cars pass your building a day, yes. you know, right there at La Cienega and the 10 Freeway. Okay, I've got a, the church right here on Dexter Avenue. And so I thought, man, I've seen Core Church and they've got this huge sign that Jesus saves you, like this huge sign. And I thought, man, you know what I want to do in the front of my building? I've got a 32 foot glass front window. I'm going to put nine foot tall, biggest sticker I can get. There's a God in heaven who loves you. And so I did it. And so when you go down Dexter Avenue, I mean, I don't care who you are, you're going to see it. There's a God in heaven who loves you across the 30 foot long across the front of my store front window. Wow. Well, listen, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and I'm interviewing Pastor Jason Powell from Jesus City Church, Montgomery, Alabama. What an incredible story. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with Pastor Jason Powell. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and we're right in the middle of an interview with Pastor Jason Powell from Jesus City Church, all the way from Montgomery, Alabama. So, Pastor Jason, uh, I, I look at Jesus City Church in Montgomery, Alabama as really like a, you're on a mission field. 
because you know I've been to many of the states in the so-called Bible Belt, and uh, you know where I'm in Los Angeles, and people are not real favorable towards Jesus. You know, people don't want to talk about Jesus. They're almost anti-Christ, you could say. Uh, many people are <laughs> not the believers, of course, but I'm just saying the general non-believer doesn't want to talk about Jesus. But yet in the Bible Belt, I find it's the complete polar opposite. Everyone likes Jesus. People don't care about talking about, I mean, they, they, like, let's talk about Jesus. It's almost like the Doobie Brothers song, Jesus is just all right with me. It's like Jesus is just all right with everybody. Uh, but yet, these people don't seem to have a real faith in Christ. They don't really understand the dynamic of being born again and having a personal relationship with Christ. It's more of a religious relationship where I grew up in this culture of church, but I don't know the one who it's really all about. Is that true? I No, that's definitely true. And, you know, I, I really like even just what you said. Uh, you know, like, let's just talk about Jesus. I, I find it that in Southern California, you're right. I was born and raised there. Nine out of ten people, they don't want to talk about Jesus in Southern California. But out here in, in Montgomery, Alabama, I come out here and I, I find out that nine out of ten people do want to talk about Jesus. And there's an openness that I think is here that's it's unparalleled. Almost, I don't see it anywhere else in the nation like you. I've had a chance to travel and, and get a pulse on where people are at. But I'm telling you, God is doing a work here. But here's what I think you're, you're hinting at. The people here, it's almost like they, they know of Jesus, they just don't know him personally. It's like they're wearing the jersey, but they're not on the team, so to speak. You know, so in California, you've got your nuns. Out here, you've got your duns, people that are done with church. And it's been right. awesome because I feel like people are so close to the kingdom of God as I've been talking to them and pouring into their life. And everybody has this one thing in common. We all need hope. And, and hope is a name. It's Jesus. And so as I've been talking about Jesus, and that's why I put his name on, on the church, by the way, it's Jesus City Church. Uh, it's because it's yeah, you can't him. be any more blunt Jesus. than that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm not going subtle, okay? I'm going like, in your face, this is about Jesus. And... uh and people have been lighting up. People have been responding to it, Pastor Steve. Well, tell me, tell me about that. I mean, it's like, look, I I know you, uh, and I know that in your heart you have the heart of an evangelist. You want people to come to know Christ. I think about Ezekiel 2, 7, it says, but you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for there are rebellious people. So God's commanded us, whether people really necessarily want to hear it or they don't want to hear it, we as the people of God need to rise up and share the love of Christ with other people. And I know that you have that desire. Now, uh, me knowing you and knowing that you definitely have the gift of evangelism, how has that worked for you in Montgomery, Alabama? Well, I'm realizing this. God has put me on this planet to be a signpost for him because He's changed my life, Pastor Steve. I feel like a, a beggar who's been given a great amount of blessing. And so I'm just one beggar telling another beggar, you know, where to find bread, where they can get hooked up. And so I'm walking around the city saying, listen, if Jesus can change me, 
He can change you. And I'll tell you, you know, I've been going everywhere. I've been looking, you know, not only on my street, my neighborhood, but I've been going to the stores. I walked into the store. Is Walmart out here. Walmart's like the best fishing hole in Alabama, okay? Nobody's out <laughs> on the streets, but they're all in Walmart. And so I've been going to Walmart like every day to go share my faith. And I walked with this guy on the bean aisle, all right? And so I asked him, hey, where are the pinto beans? And he was an employee. His name's Edward. And as he was reaching for the pinto beans, he said, Edward, let me ask you a question. And this is random, but if you were to die today, where do you think you would go? And he goes, I would go to hell. I said, oh, well, thanks for being honest with me, Edward. Uh, what do you think it takes to get to heaven? I started preaching the gospel there in Walmart on the Bean Isle. You know what happened is Edward bowed his head after I preached the gospel, shared the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and he asked Jesus Christ to come into his life, forgive him of his sin. And and from that point on, I started to disciple Edward. He's been coming to the church. Like, wow. It's amazing. Like, people are so hungry. Wow. Wow. That that is that is incredible. And and just think, it it's like you went there to buy pinto beans. You bought the pinto beans and you came home with the pinto beans, right? But you took a moment in the midst of your day. See, I think some people think like, hey, you know, if I'm going to evangelize, I need to go on a mission trip. I need to buy a plane ticket. I need to go to Africa. I need to spend two weeks in a mud hut and I need to eat bugs for two weeks to be a missionary. But yet, Really, God has called us to be a missionary right outside our front door, just in our everyday life. And and that's a perfect example. And not only did you share Christ with him, him give his life to Christ, but you invited him to church. And I, I'm assuming he came. Oh, he's been coming and he's been getting discipled and growing in his walk with the Lord. And, and even further, what I'm realizing here in Alabama, Pastor Steve, is that you know, there's another pandemic that's happening, I think, with the youth of today, and it's that the parents have, you know, especially fathers, are not in the home. And so what I've done with Edward as a 19-year-old kid is I said, Edward, I'll be a dad to you. And so I've actually invited Edward to come into my life, and I've been fathering him, and I've been pouring into his life and showing him, you know, just what it means to be a godly man and to be a man of integrity and how to have a job and how to keep a job. And, you know, and so I think you know, it, it's a, this, the gospel not only just affects you spiritually, but it's every aspect of life. And I'm seeing it take root here in Alabama. But I like what you said. I think we need to see every day as an opportunity to live on mission. Not that I have to go on a mission, but I can live on mission every single day. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles. And I am hosting today here the Frank Sontag Show. And we have... Pastor Jason Powell with Jesus City Church that we're interviewing in Montgomery, Alabama. So I wonder, Pastor Jason, how many people are listening right now to this radio interview? And I'd like to pick up on what you just said. You said that you took this young man, Edward, that you led to Christ on the bean aisle in Walmart, okay? And you've taken him under your wing and you have become a father to this young man of 19 years old. And you're in your mid-30s, so it's not like you're an old guy or anything like that, but you're fathering this person as a spiritual father. I wonder how many people are listening on the radio right now that need to take some young person under their wing, somebody that they can pour into, that they can share Christ and, and love on them, because there's a lot of broken people that are here in Southern California. There's a lot of people that are missing that love link that are, that are horrified about what's happening in our world today and all the chaos that's happening, the the spike in, in, in murders, the, the spike in crime, all of these things that are happening. 
how many people, what would you say to our radio listeners right now that maybe uh, as a believer in Christ, they're not personally helping, encouraging, we call it discipleship, but it's really helping and encouraging someone in their faith? Well, I would say we have made discipleship too difficult. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I think our churches today are missing a generation because we've made it too difficult. Listen, Paul tells us that, you know, older men should disciple younger men. Older women should disciple younger women. If every believer out there would just simply, we would cross the generational barriers. We would see young up-and-coming movements happening. Listen, you are called by God to not only preach the gospel, go out there, but to make disciples. And I think the easiest way is just to pull somebody into your life. You should be able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And it'll, uh, you know, it'll keep you accountable. It'll also set you on fire because you get to see Christianity through their eyes. Well, in case the people haven't noticed yet, not only is Pastor Jason like a spiritual son to me, he's actually a son to me because Pastor (laughs) Jason Powell married my youngest daughter, Mary. And my daughter, your wife, is also a street witnessing machine. I understand that something happened right in front of your house. (laughs) Well, I think you need to be on the lookout because God will often bring you opportunities to share your faith. And you don't even have to look for it. He brings it right to your front door. And that's kind of what just happened. There was a car that broke down right by our house, you know, just a few days ago. And as we go out on a family walk, we walk out and there's these two guys, Nando, um, you know, and, and his brother that's there. And so I walk immediately up and I start working on the car, trying to put it together. And then my wife, your daughter, she starts preaching the gospel okay, to this guy, this really, you know, like super buff black guy, like six, four, like huge guy. And she starts preaching the gospel to this guy. So I'm fixing on the car and I'm working, I'm getting the car going and I can hear her preaching the love of Jesus. You know, I could tell this guy's had a difficult life. I can see the open container in his vehicle. I can smell that he's been smoking something and, or at least it's been there, but, but you're, the love of God. She started just telling about the love of Jesus, and this is what happened. Not only did I fix the car, but Nando prayed to receive Jesus Christ right in front of my house with, with Mary, with your daughter. He heard about the love of God, and he right there bowed his head and realized, I need to get right with Jesus Christ. It was incredible. God brought us the opportunity to share our faith. Well, you know, I've seen that girl witness uh, to big people before. We were down in uh, Rotorua, New Zealand, and I was on a corner witnessing the three young men. And I looked catty corner across the street. This is when your wife was like literally, uh, I'd say, 16 years old. And she was witnessing the two big Samoan guys, Islanders there in New Zealand, and just preaching the gospel to them. And I just like, wow. And, you know, some people might think, well, I'm not the evangelist, but yet God can use us just who we are. He doesn't need any of us to be someone else. We don't have to be Billy Graham. You can be you, but you just need to take that nudge of the Holy Spirit when you feel that maybe God wants you to speak to someone. Listen, we're going to carry on with this conversation. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles. Thank you so much for listening, and we're going to continue this interview with Pastor Jason Powell of Jesus City Church, Montgomery, Alabama. So we will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Hey, that's right. That's the Doobie Brothers. Jesus is just all right with me. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and we're right in the midst of an interview with Pastor Jason Powell of Jesus City Church, Montgomery, Alabama. So, Pastor Jason, we were just kind of ending talking about evangelism, and here you lead this guy to Christ in the going to Walmart buying pinto beans, and you let him to Christ <laughs> right there in the center aisle. So, let me ask you a question. I think that there's possibly some people listening right now. What would you say to those that are listening that don't think that God could ever use them in sharing their faith, and they just kind of are a little petrified of even opening their mouth to someone about Jesus Christ? What would you say to that person that God could use little old them? I think here's the first principle that needs to be understood, is that good things in our life are not meant to be kept secret. Whenever something amazing happens to us, the very first thing we like to do naturally is we tell somebody. We go online, we post it on social media. Look at this, I just got a raise or a promotion, or I graduated, or you know, this big event, I got engaged or married. We share exciting things in our life. Listen, if Jesus Christ has come into your life and forgiven you of your sins, and your, your eternal destination has been changed from hell to heaven, that's the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. And so good things are not meant to be kept secret. So you should naturally want to talk about the greatest thing that's happened to him. And so this is what I want to say. If Jesus has changed you, then that's, this is your opportunity to let people know there's a hurting world around you. And so, listen, you don't need to know a bunch of stuff to share your faith, okay? You don't need to know uh, how to defend your faith or anything. You just need to simply say, listen, Jesus has changed my life. He forgave me of my sin. He can do that for you. If he can change me, he can change you. There's actually a woman in, in John chapter 4 where, you know, she encountered Jesus and was transformed in a moment, and she literally pulled an entire city to come out and encounter Jesus for themselves. And all she said was, you have to come see this guy who told me everything that I've ever done. You don't need to know anything, but you just need to know Jesus and tell, listen, he can change me. He can change you. Amen. Boy, uh, I think that we sometimes forget that we uh, embrace the greatest message of all humanity. We carry it around in our hands. Some of us have multiple Bibles. I bet you I have 20 Bibles at my house. It's like, this is the greatest message of all humanity. And we're called to spread that word. I think about Gideon in uh, the Old Testament in the book of Judges. And he was the, the least of all the tribes of Israel. Uh, the Bible says that that his father's house was the least of all the the households of that tribe, and that he himself was the least in his father's house. So really, you could surmise that Gideon was the least of the least of the least, but yet God chose Gideon to deliver his people. And so what does that speak to you, Pastor Jason? I think it's a reminder that it's not just the Billy Grahams who are crafted for evangelism, but it's a reminder that all of us are called to do the work of an evangelist, that every single one of us that have encountered Jesus have a story to share. And whether he has, you know, changed your life in a very radical way, you know, from, you know, deep sin, or he saved you at a very young age, and he saved you from sin at a very young age, you have a story to tell, 
and just simply letting people know. Be a good Yelp review for Jesus. Everybody loves a good review. When you buy a product, you want to look at the reviews. My life is a good Yelp review, a five-star Yelp review that I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And if he can change me, he can change you. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Cork Church, Los Angeles. And we are interviewing uh, Pastor Jason Powell of Jesus City Church in Montgomery, Alabama. You know, I, I look at you, Pastor Jason, and, you know, again, we send missionaries. The United States has sent missionaries all over the, all over the world, and that's great. But in the midst of us sending missionaries all over the world, we forgot about us. Now, we know the last administration, their little tagline was, Make America Great. Well, what about the church? We need to revitalize the church. We need missionaries here in America. Yes, we need them all over the world, but we need missionaries in America. I look personally at Jesus City Church as a missionary to America to revitalize the faith and re, re, renew and re, you know, re-encompass what we once had as a country that was founded on the truth of God's Word. Why don't you share with us, because as starting a church from scratch, I mean, God has done miraculous things for you, but you must have a tremendous amount of needs. What are the needs that you have at Jesus City Church in Montgomery, Alabama? Well, I think, number one, whenever you step out in faith and you, you just say, God, I need you to, to provide, you know, you're, you're looking at it in a manifold of ways. God, I need you to provide people, number one. You know, this church has been strategically placed where it's at by God. We're right next to Maxwell Air Force Base, you know, a huge military branch right here. God, would you, would you bring quality people? As I'm seeing a lot of new believers come to faith, you know, I, what I'm lacking is people to disciple these people. You know, I can't disciple them all myself. And so I'm praying, God, would you bring these faithful believers, people that will come alongside and shoulder the work, be like the Aaron and her to hold up the arms, but really to be equipped for the working of ministry. And so that's one need is that God would just, he would bring more people to shoulder the work. Um, two is favor, more favor. You know, listen, it can't happen on our own. You know, this is a team effort. Like so many churches today are battling for the front line. You know, I want more attention and I want more notoriety. Listen, the church of God is the front line. We are the front line. We're to be linking shields and pressing back the darkness together. And so I'm praying, one, for people, two, that God would give me favor, you know, to really just cause a stirring here in Montgomery, in Alabama, that would reverberate through the nation. Favor. But lastly, also just, I, I think, you know, there's real financial support. And it's just saying, look, you know, to do ministry, to bless these people, to serve these people, you know, there's a financial underwriting that, that is a real aspect to ministry. And we, we came out here, you know, by faith, saying, God, you have a thousand, you own a cattle on a thousand hills, why don't you sell one? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of us here in Southern California, we we might love to be able to go to your church and be encouraged and uh, come alongside you and help you disciple. But we're in Southern California. We can't just jump in the car and, and run over to Montgomery, Alabama, but we could help support. If uh, someone on our radio uh, show here that's listening here, if they would like to contribute to help in the furtherance of the gospel and the, the building of this church to help in the infrastructure of the needs that are, are needed, how would they give? to Jesus City Church? Wow. Well, I mean, what an amazing question. And just first of all, and if the Lord moves your heart to give to the ministry, to that, to the ministry, and we have an, we have an amazing website. If you go to JesusCityChurch.com, you know, you can go to the Give tab and you can give there. And um, 
it, it's the support of the gospel going out, and also I would say just the, the lost being found and also the found being shepherded, where we're building them up. And, and just thank you, yeah, JesusCityChurch.com, and under the gift tab, they can give, you know, tax-deductible, they can give a gift to support the ministry. Awesome. Well, Pastor Jason, we are so excited about what God is doing there in Montgomery, Alabama. Who would have thought? I mean, could you imagine uh, all the years ago that you first heard about Martin Luther King Jr. and I got a dream, and who would have thought that you would have a church Two blocks down the street from him, next to Chris's Hot Dogs, which has been there for like 100 (laughs) years. But who would have thought? But God knew, and God had that. So thank you so much for being our guest here on KKLA. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And may the Lord God bless you. And so for those who are listening today, man, what a word of encouragement that was to you and to me. Wow. I'm reminded of what God told us in Malachi 2.6. Really, what he says in Malachi 2.6 is who he desires us to be as men and women of God. It says true instruction was in their mouth and unrighteousness was not found on their lips. They walked with me in peace and uprightness. And what was the fruit of that man or that woman that was walking with God? It says that he turned many back from iniquity. You know, it was David Wilkerson that said this quote, God uses people to perform his work. He doesn't send angels to accomplish his purposes. God uses burdened, brokenhearted, weeping men and women just like you and me. Let me ask you as we end this session, you know, will you rise up? Will you consider being that light that will shine in the heart of a broken and desperate soul? There's so many people around us in all the chaos that are looking for some meaning in life. If you'll be willing to do that, you could be that perfect tool as a vessel of honor in the hand of God. Remember, It was Jesus that said, I am the light of the world. We don't have any light. We have his light. And we're only to shine his light that's living inside of us out to those who are walking in darkness. Remember, you might be the only Bible that someone ever reads. And there's a lot of people that are pretty desperate for finding some kind of life and hope with everything that's happening around us. Listen, you can check us out at Core Church Los Angeles. We have Three services on Sunday morning, uh, one at 8.30 a.m., one at 10.30 a.m., and excuse me, the third one is at 6.30 p.m. in the evening. We also have a midweek service on Thursday night at 7.30. So this is Pastor Steve Wilber in Core Church Los Angeles. If you can't make it to one of our church services, just go to the App Store. You can download our free app for your tablet or your phone, and it's got hundreds of video messages on there to encourage you in your personal walk with the Lord. Remember, we're to be diligent to present ourselves approved of God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately or rightly dividing the word of truth. Remember, the Bible is not always what you want to hear, but it is always what you need to hear. And I just so encourage you, start every day, at least with a few minutes in God's Word, so that He can speak to the very soul of your heart. So again, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Core Church Los Angeles. Thank you so much for joining us on the radio today, and may the Lord God bless you.